Gabe Miller here, and I want to personally thank you for checking out our podcast. And I also want to encourage you to click the subscribe button so that each week's message will automatically show up in your feed. Another great way to stay connected with this is on our website at yourimpactchurch.com and on all of our social media outlets at Your Impact Church. I hope this message today encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you. Let's jump into the message. Well, good morning, church. Come on, who's excited to be here today? Anybody? Well, we are excited that you are here at church today, and uh, at the end of this service, we have an awesome opportunity to celebrate with those that are being water baptized, and uh, we're looking forward to that, and uh, it's just so encouraging and so awesome to see people who have decided to put their faith in Jesus uh, follow him in water baptism and go public with their faith and declare the old is gone and the new has come. Amen? Amen. Um, we want to uh, take a moment and pray for another church in the community. And so we're going to pray for Breakthrough Church today. So if you will, just bow your heads and let's say a word of prayer together. God, we thank you that we have the opportunity to be in this room and to uh, sit in these chairs and to hear your word and to learn and grow and to worship you. Lord, we thank you that we get to partner with so many incredible churches all around this community. And today, specifically, we lift up Breakthrough Church to you. We pray for their leadership and their pastor and their congregation. Lord, that they would be in your will, that they would, um, God, that they would be successful in building your kingdom. Lord, we thank you that we get to build alongside them, and we give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Um, one last thing I want to make mention of is Serve Day. Our citywide Serve Day is coming up on Saturday, July 15th. And if you've never been a part of this, if you have been a part of this, you know how incredible this is. From 8 to 12 on that Saturday, we are going to uh, be serving our community. We have 19 different teams uh, several Mo teams, and then about 16 other locations where we're going to be serving, uh, just serving people in our community. So we're going to be in schools, we're going to be in nonprofits, we're going to be in uh, all of these places that uh, we just want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's something we do. Uh, we serve regularly throughout the year, but we come together one time um, just collectively to serve all across our city in one day for about four hours. And we want you to be a part of it. So make plans on Saturday, July the 15th. It's an incredible day. We'll have t-shirts for everybody. You'll get a free t-shirt. And, and we put those t-shirts on and we serve our community uh, that morning. And what we need you to do is go on the Church Center app and sign up for the team that you want to be a part of. So if you click on the Church Center app, uh-oh. If you click on the Church Center app and then click on signups, then you will see, um, you'll see all of the teams that are available. You can register uh, we do have a certain number of spots on each team, depending on what that team's going to be doing. And so the sooner you register, the sooner you'll be able to see um, all of those teams and pick the one that you want to be a part of. And we encourage you, uh, not just because it's something cool that we do, but because it's a way that we show our community we're for you, we're with you, we're serving you, we're coming alongside you, and we get to be the hands and feet of Jesus together all in that one day. So it's going to be an awesome day. So go on the Church Center app, get signed up for a team. And uh, we're going to be jumping back into our series in just a moment. Before we do that, today's a very special day. Um, for some of you, you know that, yeah, today is actually Amanda's birthday. Actually, today is her birthday. So she's turning 17 today. And, uh, <laughs> but um, I just want us to take a moment. And, and some of you are, you know, if this is your first time here, you're like, why are these people shouting and jumping around and and celebrating things, and doing crazy things, and talking about people's birthdays. It's just because we love Jesus, and we love each other, 
And uh, we love doing life together, and we love, um, we love what, what God allows us to do. So will you, will you join me? Can we do this today? This is, this is kind of a, a strange thing. Come on. But can we, can we all just sing happy birthday to Amanda today? Can you do that? Can you help me out? All right, here we go. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Amanda. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. I've never been sang to by so many people. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it was worth a shot. Um, all right, y'all need to stop it. To the Bible, to the Bible. Um, I want to I wanna read something over you. Somebody brought me this and just felt like it was a, uh, maybe a word for somebody, and maybe it will encourage you today. I want to read this before we get into the message. It says that patience is a virtue for a reason. You keep praying for something and you do not receive it, there is a reason for God not giving it to you yet. Just be patient, for he has a plan. He, has, he is waiting because uh, what he wants is not ready. No matter how long it takes for him to answer, do not stop praying. He will answer. When everything is in its place, keep being patient, for you will get your prayer answered. Patience is always rewarded at some point. I understand it is hard, but do not give up. The reward is worth more than what you expect. God will never let you suffer for no reason. He knows everything and only asks that you keep your faith in him, keep your patience, and you'll receive your, you'll receive your prayer when you need it most. God loves you with all that he is. Come on, do you receive that today? Amen. If that was for you, then I just want to encourage you to keep believing. I love what Jamie shared. You know, 12 years, 12 years. The, the woman with the issue of blood, 12 years. You know, people all throughout Scripture we see they were praying and they were waiting. David's anointed king, and it's several years later before he actually becomes king, and he's running for his life, and he's wondering, God, what, what is happening in this moment? But he keeps honoring God. He keeps being faithful. He keeps following the leading of the Holy Spirit that he's been anointed with, and uh, at, at the right time, he is set in as king. So keep believing. Keep trusting God. Amen? 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 All right, so we have, um, for the last couple of weeks, we took a little bit of a break from our series. We've been, uh, this summer, talking about the Holy Spirit and uh, how, really, it's, it's the Holy Spirit, he's a, a topic, he's a person that we don't like to talk about a lot of times and sometimes makes us nervous. Come on, if we were to ask you to raise your hand, how many of you have ever felt nervous about the Holy Spirit? Um, that may be most of us in the room, but this series is called For Your Good, and it comes out of this verse, our theme verse, John 16 and verse 7. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus says that it's better for him to go away so that he can send the Holy Spirit. And if it's better for him to go away and the Holy Spirit to come, then we need to understand who the Holy Spirit is and what he's doing in our lives. Amen? And so we've talked about how he's a person and a promise. He gives us power, um, how we're, we're free as believers, but there's this conflict inside of us that our flesh and, and the Spirit are, are at conflict with one another, and so we have to give up control of our lives. We have to give control of the Holy Spirit. And then in the last message that we were in this series, we talked about how he's our helper and he satisfies our thirst and he reveals truth to us and he never leaves us. 
And so you can get all of those on the podcast or go back on the app and you can watch those. If you missed anything in the series, I want you to go back and, and watch it or listen to it because uh, every bit of it, it we're kind of building on this. And, and it's this whole picture that we're getting of who the Holy Spirit is to us as we go through this series for several weeks. But today, for part four, we wanted to share together and uh, share on this topic. We titled the message, It's a Blowout. It's a blowout. Anybody ever been to like a blowout sale? You know what I'm saying? Like you went to the store and it was like, oh, they're having a, you know, like they're having like maybe the store was closing or something and they're having a big blowout sale. How many of you go to the store and the first thing you're like, don't show me anything at the front. Take me to the back where the clearance aisle is. Take me to the clearance rack. Take me to where, you know, if it's a red sign or if it's a yellow sign, like take me to where it says clearance and they got the salespeople up at the front, you know, and they're like, oh, don't you want to look at this? And oh, you want to try that? And he's like, no, 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 no. I want to go back there to the back where the sale is, right? We want to talk to you about it's a blowout, and uh, we'll tie this in with who the Holy Spirit is as we go through this. But we're going to begin in John chapter 3. So if you've got a Bible and you want to turn there, you can turn there. We'll put it on the screen as well. So. I'm going to pray before we do that. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for this, this privilege, this gift to be able to come together in a room, Father, to, to hear your word, to worship, Father. We thank you for that opportunity that we have today i pray right now for each and every person that you open their hearts their ears their eyes to receive what you have for them holy spirit have your way just as we sang in this last song we know you are a wind you are you are blowing at all times but may we be open to what you are doing what you are speaking we just declare that you will just have your way in this place that you will speak through us in jesus name amen amen Amen. John 3, 5 through 8. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which has been born of the flesh is flesh, and that which has been born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. Verse 8. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. Now, in this, in this chapter, Jesus is having a conversation with a Pharisee named Nicodemus. And the four verses we just read are part of that conversation. But this conversation, Jesus compares the wind to the people that are born of the Spirit. And the Greek word for Spirit here is the same Greek word for wind. It's the Spirit or the wind that brings life. There's actually another instance. There's actually multiple instances. It's really interesting. If you look up wind, how many times in the Bible there are stories that the wind is incorporated, but it's actually meaning something not just wind. But Ezekiel 37, 7 through 10 is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and this is where it, we see the breath or wind bring life. And as I prophesied, there was a loud noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, tendons were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, the Lord God says this, come from the four winds, breath. And breathe on these slain so that they come to life. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them. And they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And if you're not familiar with Ezekiel 37, it is where they're looking at a valley of bones. And they're being walked through this process of, okay, now speak to it. And there came 
skin and tendons, the things coming together, and then the breath came. But this Hebrew word used here for breath can also mean spirit. It was the spirit that brought life. And how many of you know that in order to experience the life we were meant to experience, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. Just in these, in, in any moment, it doesn't matter. We need the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so we're going to continue in this series talking about the Holy Spirit and uh, pull a few things out. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Here's, here's point number one, our first thing today, is uh, we need to ask the expert. We need to ask the expert. Um, Luke 11, this is also in, I believe it's Matthew 7, but I want to read it from, from Luke uh, Luke eleven nine and 10 says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. And if you study that, it's really this, uh, the, the, the tense of that, that word is actually to keep on asking. Keep on asking. And you would say, well, I, I've already asked, and God heard me. Yeah, he did hear you. But I think that continuing to ask is a step of faith. It's continuing to say every day I'm going to ask today because I believe that you're able. I believe that you can. I believe that you're willing. I believe that this is something that you can do in my life. And so somebody, come on, somebody say ask. Ask. Um, There's something powerful about asking. If you have kids, how many of you know there's something powerful about asking? Um, if, If you're a parent, you know that there's something powerful about asking other people that have gone before you. I was joking I've uh, been joking with some people that have said, hey, whenever you finish the book that you need to be writing on uh, parenting, just send that thing my way, and, uh, and we'll just pass them out to everybody in the church, and we'll all have it figured out, right? There, there's something powerful about asking, and one thing I would notice about our kids when they ask, anybody ever had one of your, your kids ask, and they were persistent? I mean, they kept on asking and kept on asking, and I love that, that uh, there's, something, there's something about asking. God already knows what you need. He already knows everything that you have need of. He already knows the desires that are in your heart because he placed the desires in your heart. But he asks us to partner with him, and part of that is asking. It's asking. You can read all through scripture where people were asking. They were having conversations with God, and they were, they were asking, okay, God, will you do this? And God, will you do that? And God, will you do this? And we know that God is sovereign, but at the same time, he wants us to ask. He wants us to, to have conversation with him and ask. And if you ever needed direction or guidance, anybody ever needed direction or guidance and you tried to figure it out on your own? I made a joke a few weeks ago. It may have been last week. I don't remember. But about how um, a lot of times men, we don't ask for directions. You know, and thank God that we have, you know, phones now that you can click on the Maps app and it can take you to wherever you need to be or whatever app you use. If you use Waze, you know, then God bless you. But there's 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 times in our lives where we need direction Uh, we need direction all the time but there are times when it's really highlighted in our lives that we need direction and sometimes we try to figure it out on our own come on anybody ever just tried to figure it out on your own it's like well i know i need to be going somewhere and i know i need to have this figured out and so i'm just going to think about it i'm going to process it i'm going to you know try to figure out what it is that i need to do i'm going to strategize and here's the reality asking the holy spirit shouldn't be our last resort it should be our initial go-to when you have a decision to make or you need guidance or direction in your life, you should go to the Holy Spirit first. 
When there's something that comes up in your life, you should stop and say, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do here? Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to say here? Holy Spirit, where am I supposed to go here? Where are you leading me? Where are you guiding me? I don't want to say, you know, something that's not from you. We need to, our initial go-to should be to go to the Holy Spirit and ask him because he's the expert. And there's this excerpt from a book. It's by Max Licato. The book is called Help is Here. And this is what it says. We found this as we were reading this. We found this interesting. He says, I once participated in a golf outing that included caddies. Come on, anybody like golf? Does anybody like golf? Come on, we're a participatory church. Come on, anybody like golf? Raise your hand. Come on, I like golf. I'm not very good at golf, but I like to play golf. It's relaxing to me to play golf. I don't know why, but it just is. Even if I'm, even if I'm doing terrible, it's still just this, I don't know, just being outside playing golf. But he says, I once participated in a golf outing that included caddies. It was amazing. My caddy not only carried my bag, he offered to tell me how to play. As we walked down the first fairway, he said, I'll show you where to hit the ball and, and which club to use. How do you know, I asked. I've been caddying here for 20 years. I stopped, turned, and looked at him. 20 years? How many rounds of golf is that? He looked up at the sky as if he was calculating. Around 10,000. 10,000. He knew each blade of grass by name. Every turn of the green and roll of the hill, he had experienced them. I asked, is there anything about this course you do not know? Nope, I could play this course in the dark. So I peppered him with questions. How far should I hit this shot? And he told me. Will this putt roll very fast? And he told me. Should I quit golf and take up bowling? And he told me. (laughs) He told me because I asked him. For me not to consult him would have been foolish. For us to not consult the Spirit of God would be the same. He is here to teach us, and our privilege is to stay in mindful communion with him day by day and moment by moment. And as I read that, I thought, how, you know, if we could, you know, just equate life to playing golf for a moment. And there's somebody with us all the time who is an expert at your life, an expert in what you're called to do, an expert in your purpose an expert in your marriage, an expert with your kids. And he's already played the course many, many times. Isn't it amazing to think how God is everywhere all the time? That even right now, God's in your future. And he knows all things. And how foolish is it of us, just like in this story, for us not to consult or to ask and he says, he started asking him these questions, and he told him the answers. And he said, he told me the answers because I asked. And how often do we not receive, or do we not understand, or do we not get what it is that we need simply because, could it be, because we don't ask? We think that we have it figured out. We think that we can do it on our own. We think that, well, we've gotten this far, and so I'll just keep doing things the way that I've always done things and, and expect to just continue to keep getting the same results when God knows what's ahead and the Holy Spirit knows what's coming and he knows you know, everything that's laid out for you and the path for your life, the plan for your life. And so often we, we try to just do it on our own. And we don't ask the person who's been playing that golf course for 20 years. When I put this ball, is it going to roll slow or roll fast? When I hit this shot, is there a hill over there or is that flat ground? And it's the same way in our life. 
we need to stop every single day. We need to just be in. I love when, when Paul says to pray without ceasing. It's not that you're on your knees all the time praying. It's that you live in, a, in this attitude of prayer. It's that you're always conversating with God. God, do I need to go here? Do I need to do that? Holy Spirit, I need your help in this moment. I'm feeling impatient. Come on, somebody. And I need you to, I need you to help me right now in this moment. We're asking the one who's already been there. He's already seen that all the way through. And why in the world would we not ask the expert when he's already been there? And he's not, I, I feel like there's someone in the room, you need to be reminded, he's not like we are as humans. Like my kids keep asking and I grow annoyed sometimes because they've asked so many times. Yesterday um, our, our kids were swimming and our youngest is five and she sees life as an adventure and she feels like she's, you know, five, she feels like she's 15, you know, and she's capable of a lot of things. But she kept saying, can I take my floaty off? Can I take my floaty off? Can I take my floaty off? I just want to practice swimming. Well, he's not like me where, honestly, I got a little annoyed. I kept telling her, I was like, baby, no, no, you can't take your floaty off. There's other people in the pool. God is not like that. You've asked. He's not annoyed by you. He's not ignoring you. You know, just like I love that Jamie shared that today. He didn't share that at the beginning of first service. He shared it at the end. But I love that he shared that today because 12 years he waited. Him and Kara waited. And I'm not going to lie, it wasn't even me. And I literally, I spent moments crying and talking to the Lord about it. Why are they still waiting? But yet to be able to rejoice with them and watch God be faithful to think about the woman with the issue of blood and how she was able to love and minister to people because for 12 years she waited. For 12 years, Jamie and Kara waited. He was the guy that was standing over here, if you don't know. They waited to conceive, and God is so faithful, even in our waiting, to help us. But all we have to do is ask. And some of you, you're like, yeah, I've been asking, and it annoys, it annoys me that God's not answered. I feel like I keep getting the short end of the stick, but that's not, I get it because I've been in moments like that where I feel like he's overlooking me, but he's not overlooking you. He's not. He's not. Amen. Amen. Y'all still with us? Y'all going to have to liven up a little bit. Listen, the first service, they were more alive and they got up before you and they were here or maybe they didn't get up for you. Maybe you're like our family. We're up early even if we have to get somewhere late because everybody's up. So anyways, so another example that we thought of when, when we were talking about this and praying about this is, is potholes. How many of you got a road that's got potholes? We found a lot of those in Jamaica. There were a lot yeah. of those. <laughs> But, um, but or you can come drive down my road and you'll find potholes. But how many of you have ever been with someone that knows the road and you find yourself going like this at times? They're helping you miss the potholes. You're not sure what's happening, but you feel like you're being jolted maybe a little bit. And that's the way it is with the Holy Spirit. He will help you miss the potholes because he already knows where they are. Am I saying that you're never going to have a pothole in life? Absolutely not. I could give you a long list of what has felt like potholes in my life. But I am saying Holy Spirit wants to help you and lead you in all that you do. He knows what job you're supposed to take. You may be stressed about the decision, but he's not. He knows what person you're supposed to marry. You don't have to just date around to try to figure it out. You can ask the Holy Spirit. I said it in the first service. He is the first God that I dated because Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can confirm and lead, and I'm thankful for that. Now, he wouldn't have been the first guy I dated had my parents not had the rules that they had, and I thought they were going to ruin my life, and I was going to end up all alone. But I didn't, thank the Lord. But I'm thankful for protection and confirmation. It didn't come right away. It took some time. 
my dad eventually came around and agreed it was in the Lord's, in the Lord's will. <laughs> but anybody that knows our story knows. Um, but I just, I, I remember a time where I was like, it's not working. My dad does not agree. I knew that if it was right, my dad would agree. Because how many of you know, as parents, Holy Spirit leads us, right? And so and I wanted my parents to be in agreement with it as well. But he will lead. He will lead in your marriage, He will lead in your marriage. I said it in the first service, and I'll say it again. Maybe you're like, hey, Holy Spirit needs to lead my my wife to change her life. And I would encourage you, you focus on allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. I'm talking to men and women, not just one, to lead you and watch what Holy Spirit can do in and through your marriage. Only he can do. He knows the solution to your work problem. You don't have to lose sleep over an issue because he knows how to resolve it. He knows how to parent better than you do. He knows how best to restore that relationship. You don't have to come up with the words to say because he can give you the words. How many of you know we can make a mess of, we often make a mess of things when we're trying to restore things on our own. We push people further away. But when Holy Spirit leads, it changes things in his timing. We're not trying to rush it. When we were in Jamaica, there was a man, he, he's a contractor and he came along and he did not know the Lord and I'm I was so nervous about it I just kept praying Holy Spirit lead me because I did not want to push him further away from the Lord but I wanted to be a conduit that the Lord could work through if he wanted and at one point I remember sitting there and in the cafeteria we were eating in and and I felt like the Lord said go pray for him and I was like he, he probably won't even let me pray for him he don't even believe in you like this is not a good idea well sure enough he let me pray for him and I prayed for healing over his body. I didn't even know what was going on in the man's life. And all the hard he had walked through 18 years before had lost his wife in a motorcycle accident that he was driving. Like, but God knew that. And he knew what he needed. And I was a part of a seed to be planted. And we can all do that. I want to encourage you. How many answers have you not received because you just didn't ask? Or how many times did you stop? The people walking around the walls of Jericho, they could have stopped at five because they're like, that's enough. That's got to be enough, right? The walls have got to fall now. And if they haven't, I'm done. No, God had a plan and a purpose. And he has a plan and a purpose for you. Ask, and when we ask, trust and believe he will answer. I've found myself in seasons where I, I do agree the scripture says ask, and he was talking about if you actually dig into that, it's like keep on asking. But I think that there are even times where we're like, Lord, I've asked you. You know it. I thank you right now that you're answering in your time, in your will, in your way, you're answering. I'm thanking you in advance. We need to consult with the Holy Spirit in our life. I was listening to a podcast this last week, and he said something, and it wrecked me. We have 168 hours in our week. And too often as people in this room, this is the hour Jesus gets. This is the one hour he gets of our attention. And I get it. We all have, we lead, lead busy lives. But how sad is it? Some, some of you in here, you, you look around and you're like, oh, I want to hear from Holy Spirit like they do. I want to I be led by the Lord like they are. Or you're like, I've been asking the Lord to do this. You've been asking him, but have you been giving him any time to speak to have his way in your life, 168 hours. You don't sleep that many hours. You know, you may work, but maybe you're working too much if you don't have time to speak to Holy Spirit, if you don't have time to sit with him. 
you know, I know our lives are full. I often say at home, I, f- I can find so many things between laundry and taking care of kids or being interrupted by kids or whatever. My 14-year-old is great about trying to keep my 5-year-old from coming in when I'm trying to spend time with the Lord, but my 5-year-old is very persistent and stubborn. And so she will try to find her way in. But how many of you know it's worth fighting for that time? He wants to speak, and he speaks to us even when we're not in that personal time with him, but that is because we've taken the time to be in personal time with him. I hear him when I'm walking, but it's because I've sown time in the word and I've sown time listening to his voice. So even when I'm in the middle of the grocery store, I hear his voice because I know what it's like to listen. And come on, somebody, even consulting with the Holy Spirit, sometimes it looks like I'm washing the dishes and I'm praying in the spirit. And some of y'all, the second I said that, you're like, oh, dear God, she's going there. Yes, I'm going there. Praying in the spirit, praying in a heavenly language is different than prophesying in tongues. We were talking about this last week in our grow group because we're in a Holy Spirit grow group. It's different than prophesying in tongues. Some of y'all, maybe you've even heard me down here praying in the spirit. I'm not trying to prophesy anything. I'm not trying to declare anything over you. Praying in the spirit is edifying. Scripture talks about the power of praying in the Spirit. It's a heavenly language that's not meant to be understood by men. It is meant to be between you and the Lord, a direct line between you and the Lord. Amen? Y'all still with me? Hang in there. Hang in there. I promise. It's good for you. It's good for you. My kids, uh, it's, honestly, it cracks me up, uh, especially our nine-year-old. He's pretty funny when he comes up and he's like, mom's doing that thing. And he tries to copy what I'm doing because they'll randomly find me in moments. I'm just praying in the spirit, folding my 15th load of laundry. I'm praying in the spirit. Come on, somebody, because it's good for us. We pray in the spirit when I don't know what to pray over somebody. You may hear me. Maybe you've heard me before and I was praying over you. I was praying in the spirit because Holy Spirit knows what you need and I don't. And then he gives me the words that you're like, I didn't, how did she know that? Because he told me. I didn't know it, but a moment of praying in the spirit, and he, I'm allowing him. I'm like, here you go. Tell me, Lord, just whatever you want. Sometimes it's just peace he brings, man, as I'm praying in the spirit. Anyways, I don't know. I did not say that in the first service. I guess somebody in here needed to hear it. So here's our second point. First, we're going to ask the expert. Everybody say ask. Second, we're going to stand firm. Everybody say stand firm. stand firm. How many of you know we've been in seasons of life where maybe even right now you say, I'm not standing firm. I'm like a wobbly, uh, you know, uh, I cannot. This is going to make sense to you all in a minute. This thing keeps falling and it needs to fall. It's okay. Um, but we need to stand firm. Even when you don't feel like it, God's called us to stand firm. And we can stand firm through the power of the Holy Spirit. Philippians 1, 27 through 28. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So whether that I come to see you or remain absent, I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel and in no way alarmed by your opponents. We got some opponents, but you have no reason to fear. No reason to fear. The, the enemy wants to quench the light with inside of you, but God is greater. And the power of being around people that love him and are called by him, it makes a difference. And in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you and this too from God standing firm in one spirit we were so we were talking about standing firm and uh, sometimes you ever felt like 
instead of standing firm, you were just making it. <laughs> like, just just trying to get by, trying to get to the next day, just making it in life. And uh, we were thinking about what does it look like to stand firm in the Spirit? How can we stand firm? And I think um, one of the things, there's there are a couple of verses that, uh, that we're going to read that a lot of times we quote them separately, but they're actually linked together. And you're probably familiar with both of them, but we'll usually quote them individually and never put the two together. And I want to put the two together and talk about it for just a moment. This is in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. And, and Paul's writing to Timothy, and he says, For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh, some translations say fan into flame, kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. And so the word for, when, when we start off, because a lot of times you ever quoted verse 7, and that's okay to do that. You say, well, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind, whatever translation it is that you have in your mind. You know, that when it just comes out, it comes out in that way. Um, but right before that, he's writing, and he says, you need to kindle afresh, or you need to fan into flame the gift of God in your life, right? So we all have, and we're going to talk about this in a couple of weeks, gifts that the Holy Spirit you know, gives us that that where he allows us to operate in, even in settings like this, and we're going to talk about those. But ultimately, the gift the gift of God, as we've been talking through this whole series, is the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in your life, he's the one who produces the fruit. He's the one who gives you the the spiritual gifts. He's the one who enables you to do things. He's the one who gives you power. He's the one who does all of this in your life. He is the ultimate gift. And fanning this into flame or kindling afresh. This gift of God is something that we need to do really daily. And if you look at the word kindle, I love this, and you're familiar, if you may be familiar with this, but if you like you know, fires and, and that's your thing, but to start a fire or cause a flame or a blaze, to begin burning, or to set fire to or ignite. And I like this. One translation says to keep ablaze the gift of God. Keep it ablaze. Now, if you've ever done a fire pit, we do this occasionally. We like doing this as a family, and we'll go out in the backyard, and we'll start a fire, and we may do marshmallows or s'mores or, whoo, come on, somebody. And we'll, we'll be doing this, but if you don't, or maybe you've been camping. This is a really big thing for camping. You've been camping, and maybe it's cold outside, and you've got a fire for warmth. If you don't keep the fire ablaze, it will eventually burn out. Right? You know this if you've been camping and you have it, you're keeping it ablaze and then you go to sleep. You wake up about 2 a.m. and it's 20 degrees outside and it feels like it's 20 degrees outside because the fire that was keeping you warm has now gone out because you stopped keeping it ablaze. And how often in our own lives do we fall asleep and we're no longer keeping ablaze the fire, the gift of God, the thing inside of us, the Holy Spirit inside of us, the giftings inside of us. We're not keeping that ablaze in our lives we got to we got to keep kindling it keep fanning it into flame keep it ablaze right we fan into flame or kindle or keep ablaze the holy spirit in our lives but why is this important well i think that verse 7 gives us some insight as to why this could be important this gift that the holy spirit brings right if you go back and you look at verse 7 he says for god has not given us a spirit of timidity but then he says this is but this is the spirit that you have but of power and love and discipline the gift of the holy spirit it brings power and love and discipline in our lives, right? He gives us the power to do what we need to do. He gives us the power and the ability to do the things that we need to do. He, his power, it helps us to stand firm no matter what. 
When I am weak, he is strong. Like I have the power of God on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of me. And so he is giving me the power to be able to do what I need to do. He also gives us the love to do what we need to do. Come on, how many of you have ever been, just a practical thing I was thinking about, you ever been talking to somebody about the Lord or you felt like the Lord, the Holy Spirit impressed upon your heart to go speak to somebody or tell somebody about Jesus and they were not receptive? And in that moment, how many of you know that it's, it's tempting to get frustrated and get agitated and we're like, well, God, I went over there and did, well, did I miss it? Well, was I not supposed to say anything? Well, maybe you were just planting a seed, but you need the, you, here's the thing, you need the love of God, the love that the Holy Spirit brings into your life to be able to continue to love people that are hard to love. You can't just muster up love for somebody like, well, I'm just going to just, I, like, I'm just going to develop love. Love, as we're going to find out in a later message, is a fruit that the Spirit produces in your life. He is the one. In fact, Romans 5, 5 says that God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. It's through the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, you haven't received a spirit of fear. You've received a spirit of power and love. His love helps us to stand firm when life is difficult, and you've received discipline. Come on, say this. Say, I have discipline. It's in you. The Holy Spirit brings power, love, and discipline. Some translations say self-discipline. Some translations say a sound mind, right? But this is what the Holy Spirit produces in our lives. And His discipline, it helps us to stand firm even when we don't feel like it. Anybody ever just not felt like it? Some of you are sitting here today because of discipline in your life, even though you didn't feel like it. I mean, there's sometimes you just don't feel like, you just don't feel like coming. You don't feel like getting out of the house. You don't feel like, you know, like sometimes you just don't feel like doing the thing that God's telling you to do. But it's this discipline that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives that, that that's the enablement to continue to do what it is that God wants us to do. Now, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to do that anyway. Now, I'm going to get up because I know that's the right thing to do. Now, I, don't, I know I don't want to be obedient, but I'm going to be obedient because I have the discipline that comes from the Holy Spirit inside my life. This is why Paul says we need to fan this into flame because it's producing these things in our lives. This is what the Holy Spirit brings. He helps us to stand firm in every situation in life. Yeah, and we fan that flame, just like I said, by being in the Word, by praying in the spirit, you fan the flame. This is being here. You're fanning a flame inside your heart. I, I was reading this story, and, and the guy was talking about this young gentleman came to him, and he said, yeah, I don't really feel like I need church anymore. And I know maybe you don't feel that way because obviously you're here, but life can get busy. You get out of the habit of going to church. And But while this, while this gentleman, while he went to him, and he said this while he was talking, this older gentleman, um, he literally, he took, they were sitting by a fire, and he took a log out, and then they continued to conversate. And um, he, as they continued to conversate, after a little bit, this older gentleman went to him and said, you're like this log. It was fine initially, but when removed from everything, when removed from the fire, you eventually go out. That's the way it is when we remove ourselves from a church family. When we, it's one of the ways we fan into flame what's within us. Getting in that grow group. Some of you, it's like one semester you were in, and now you're like, oh, I just, I'm so busy, I can't this semester. And you're feeling it because you will feel it. 
the difference when we get in community with one another, when we spur one another. Some of you, you're like grow group. Yeah, you need to sign up for one. You can still get in the middle of one for our summer grow groups. But anyways, it literally, we fan into flame by our time ultimately with the Lord. Your fanning into flame, that's got to be up to you. If you're leaning into Pastor Gabe to fan your flame every Sunday and that's it, you're in trouble. Because your personal relationship and that rekindling, that's on you and your relationship with the Lord and your being with the Lord in your personal time. Amen. He preaches a good word and he can fan into flame. But but if you read it, Paul's yeah. writing to Timothy and telling him to do it. Yes. You need to fan it into flame. Yes. Like the gift that, that you've received, you need to fan it into flame. That's He's right. encouraging him, hey, don't neglect this. You need to do this. And we were... Uh, you know, if you read this in other translations, I talked about it saying that, you know, power, love, and a sound mind. And, man, there are times, I don't know if you're like me, but there are times when, some, you ever just wake up in the morning, and sometimes I'll wake up in the morning, and I'm overwhelmed before the day ever even starts. Mm-hmm. It's like anxiety just like whew, instantly before my feet ever even hit the floor. You know, like I'm already, I've been thinking about what's coming or what's, you know, down the road or whatever. Or sometimes, you know, you just wake up and it's like, I don't even know. Sometimes I'll tell her, I was like, I don't even know why I feel this way. But I just feel this way, you know, and it's like I just woke up in this state. And we have to, we have to remind ourselves, this is not the spirit that God has given me. God has given me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Sound mind. I'm disciplined. I have a sound mind. I've got the love of God inside of me. I have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. And sometimes we just have to remind ourselves of that. We've got to fan it into flame. As Paul was telling Timothy, he said, hey, I'm going to encourage you. You, got, you need to do this. You need to fan it into flame. You need to kindle afresh the gift of God in your life. And we've had days, full transparency, you know, I, I, can, do, I can do transparency, full transparency. We've had days where we come to one another and at different times we're like, I'm feeling tormented. I'm feeling tormented. I just, I don't know what's wrong. And it doesn't feel like we have a sound mind, but then we pray over the other person. We agree. Um, you know, y'all know, if you've been to Impact any period of time, I had seasons, I've had multiple seasons where I had anything but a sound mind. Where I literally, I, I wept saying, I don't understand why this darkness won't leave. I've asked him. I don't have a sound mind. But he was faithful and I had to keep leaning and I had to keep asking, knowing that he is where my help comes from. Not, not anything of this world, but he is where my help comes from. He wants you to have a sound mind. And if you are here or online under the sound of my voice and you don't feel like you have a sound mind, I... I know the struggle, and I am praying and declaring peace in a sound mind, and there will be people up here to pray and agree with you, but you keep declaring you have a sound mind. You have a sound mind, because you do. Amen. So number one, we ask the expert. Number two, we stand firm. And number three, we catch the wind. We catch the wind. John 3, 8 is what we read at the beginning. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. The wind blows. where it, We don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. And that is so is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. And uh, so I, I saw this when I was, when I was thinking about it. 
about the way it is um, if this is like one of those self-propelled cars. And some of them, they have this thing. I've done this with my nephews, with my own kids, my, my niece, like where they're like, you know, they're playing with it. And all you hear is an adult. You're like, click, 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 click. I'm like, you're going to break that. You know, you know, if you just do like this, it'll go on its own. And that's the way it is with life. Like I'm trying. <sighs> I'm going to get through life. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to get there and I'm going to do it rather than with Holy Spirit. You're going to catch it again. We did it in first service, but I don't know. Okay. But with Holy Spirit, here we are. And it's like, he's like, seriously, if sweet daughter of mine, if you'll just let go, I've got this. You know, whatever it may be, you know, I'm parenting and trying and I'm like, I'm doing this and tomorrow I'm trying this. But today it's like, I just let him lead me and the words came out and he had it. And I spoke words that I wouldn't have even known to speak. I gave a hug to someone I didn't even know needed a hug. Because Holy Spirit wants to lead us. And he can lead us. We have to allow him to lead us. We have to allow him to lead us. Thinking about these, I had this picture in my mind, if we could run all around this stage, but is that many of us, our life, (laughs) our life looks like us running everywhere, pushing, like we're trying to push our own life forward. So we're running around pushing our life forward, you know, and like she said, this, these don't do it, but some of those, you know, we're talking about those cars where it's like a clicking noise if you try to push it on your own because it's not meant to do that. It's meant to be pulled back and then released, and then it takes off on its own. And a lot of us, we're just running around click, 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 everywhere trying to push our own life forward when, when the invitation of the Lord today is, like, if you'll just relinquish control of your life, and allow me to guide and steer and direct, then you won't have to keep pushing your life forward. You'll just be led. You'll be able to enjoy being led by the Holy Spirit in your life, right? So, Or even like this, you know, you see this oar. How many of you have rowed a boat before? I have. My most favorite times when I rowed a boat was when I wasn't rowing and he did all the rowing. It was great. But how many of you know, this is exhausting, right? You sit there and do it. It requires a lot of strength. I told them on the mission trip, if you need muscles, I've got them in my legs, but they are not present in my arms. Like, I am, I'm like a bird in my arms. But this, this is what we're doing. We're rowing, and I'm like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to make my business do what it needs to do. I'm going to help my daughter come back to Jesus. I'm going to help my husband. He's going to, he's going to, um, get the right job or he's going to get a job or he's going to, you know, oh, 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 my, whoever, my coworker, oh, they're going to, they're going to change the way they talk and I'm going to make sure of it. No, that's us oaring on our own, but rather when we're led by the spirit, just like this pretty sailboat that we're, we're allowing him to lead him to guide us, him, him to take us where he is leading and our invitation Ultimately, God's invitation, I believe, to each and every one of us as his sons and daughters is to raise ourselves. We choose to raise ourselves. I've never personally been sailing, but honestly, after reading about this, I, I, I would love to go sailing now um, just to feel it. But, but you think about this, Gabriel, I will not do anything to this, but Gabriel, he put this boat together. You do not want me putting things together. He's the guy for the job. But he put this thing together, and all these sails, you know, they had to be pieced on there. But I thought about even the movies I've seen and the visuals I've seen where the sails, someone had to raise it. They didn't raise on their own. And God has given you the invitation when we receive him to raise your sail and allow Holy Spirit to lead your life. 
And I think that there are seasons where we're like, whew, the sail is raised. Yes, Lord, I hear you. And then something happens. Grief is hanging on. And all of a sudden, I've, gr- I've just pulled in all my sails. I've been there. Grief and feeling sorry for myself or just, just hard. And I've pulled in all my sails. And I'm like, I can't hear you. And even at times where I'm sure he saw what I was doing, but knew it had to be a work the Lord did. The sails were closed, and he knew I just had to raise them again. He couldn't do it for me. I can't raise his sails. Your spouse can't do it for you. You choose personally. Your bestie that you pray with every week, they can't do it for you. You choose to raise your sails. And some of us, it's like certain areas of our life, we're like, oh, the sails raised, the Holy Spirit leads. But when it comes to my work, oh, that's on me. You know, my business, I got that under control. I'll need the Holy Spirit's leading. But you do. Because he can do way more. He will multiply your efforts. He will bring workers that you need. You know, those things that you're like, I got this, where he's like, he's not. He's not annoyed like we are. He's not aggravated, but he's like, whew, if he'd just raise that cell, imagine what I'd do. He's so stressed about that. She's so, so worried about those, when, where that money's going to come from, and if she just raised that cell. You know, Scripture tells us that we'll soar on wings like eagles, and I think about what happens. What do you see? The wind's blowing, and nobody's doing anything besides standing there and enjoying the freedom. There's freedom to be found when we raise ourselves. Galatians 5.25 says, if we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. And it makes me wonder, like, if we live by the Spirit, if we know Him, let's live by it because we choose to live. We choose to follow Him. Galatians 5.25, actually in the Passion Translation, if the Spirit is the source of our life, which He should be, He should be at all times if we, if we call ourselves a Christian, if we say we're followers of Christ, then we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. But this requires surrender. This requires surrender, just as Michael talked about last week, a bold surrender. Because some of us, we're like, we're gripped on tight. I'm not going to lie, we're sending our daughter to a camp this week, and I didn't say this in first service, but I've cried because I'm holding her, but this week's relinquishing control and trusting that God, I know some of y'all are like, that's ridiculous, it's a camp. Uh, it's, It's a thing, you know, it's like whatever it may be. We're selling our house, and we don't know the next house we're going to live in. We grip it so tight when God's like, will you just let it go? I've got something way better for you. That it's time to let it go. This thing has fallen multiple times, but it's really what needs to happen in our lives, though, that we raise the sails, that we do that surrendering, like Michael talked about last week, that letting go of control, that I'm no longer, some of you in here, you have been self-protecting, and you call it, um, you say that you're doing it, like this is just better this way. You don't know how to do relationships. You're, pra- you're, you're protecting yourself from rejection. You don't know how to interact with people, but the reality is you're self-protecting from disappointment and hurt, and it's only hindering you where God's saying, raise the sails, and I did not share that in first service. So somebody needs to be reminded in here. God is a God that wants to see you sail in your relationships. And that only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants to see your marriage sail. Imagine a couple that are both allowing the Holy Spirit to lead. 
It's power. And the enemy wants nothing more, sitting there whispering, just like he did with Eve in the beginning, making her question. And he's like, don't raise that sail. Some of you, you were like, this year, you were like, this is going to be the year. I'm going to be fully obedient, Lord. I'm going I'm to do that thing you've been asking me to do. And you started untying the sail, and you're like, okay, maybe, maybe tomorrow. Come on, that we raise ourselves, that we let go of control. Doug Reed, he said it to us while we were on the mission trip. Underthink it and just obey. Underthink it and just obey. When the Holy Spirit leads that, I'm going to underthink it and I'm going to just obey. That man that didn't know the Lord, see, it's doing it again. It's just a good reminder. Let it fall. Let the oar fall. The, it, when the, the man that didn't know the Lord, I'm sitting there talking like the Lord did not know. He knew his name. He had formed him. I mean, just like with my kids, like, Together we made them, but God formed them. He knows them. He knows what they need better than we do. And that man I'm sitting there talking to, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm like telling the Lord as if I know better what he needs when Holy Spirit knows what we need, that we underthink and we just obey. I'm not saying be weird, be stupid. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But you listen and you obey and not question Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do. I don't care if I look a fool. I literally said it in both services before we got up here. I'm talking to an audience of one. God, may this be pleasing in your sight, to your ears, not to anybody else in here. We're not here to impress you, to please you. We're here to challenge you and just speak what we feel like the Lord's leading. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Romans 8, 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. These are the sons and daughters of God, those that are being led by the Spirit. You can be led by the Spirit. He wants to lead you by His Spirit. It's what we're called to do, but we get to choose to raise ourselves. You can keep doing your or thing. Go ahead. It's exhausting. You can keep trying to, to start all the things that you're like, oh, this is a good idea. Your good idea is wearing you out because it wasn't a God idea. Let him lead it. Let him show you. Has anybody ever done this in your life? You know what's interesting about this? I I had this visual. I can't remember if it's the Olympics or what it is, but you ever watched where they get in those long boats and there's like, you know, 10, 20 of them that are rowing all at the same time? You know what we have a tendency to do? And they're all, you know, they're all just, and they're doing it for a different purpose. But here's what we have a tendency to do in our life. Um, whenever we're, whenever we are rowing and we're just like, oh, just got to push my life forward, just got to make it happen, make it happen, we tend to get in the boat with other people that are rowing. And we make ourselves, we make each other feel better about our rowing. Where we started off, we were just rowing ourselves and then we get in the boat with somebody else that likes to row and somebody else that likes to row. And before you know it, none of us are following the leading of the Holy Spirit. We're all just trying to encourage each other. to. Do, you just do your thing. Mm, you just good. do you. You just keep on striving. You just keep on. You're going to eventually get to the top. You're going to make it. Come on, we can do this together. And we find ourselves now in a group of people that are cheering ourselves on for wearing ourselves out. Mm. And then we, and then we, you know, we... We row, 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 and we get home at night and we're like, I'm glad I have that drink in the fridge. Because I've just worn myself out all day long. You know why I believe that, and we did an entire 
series on the book of Ephesians. You know why I believe that in Ephesians, Paul equates don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's what are you leaning into? So when we do this, 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 then we seek an answer to this in a fleshly thing. A solution to, because I've been doing it in my own strength, I need something that is made by man to relieve this. But if I'll lean into the Holy Spirit, I don't have to be, as Paul would say, drunk with wine. Or you fill in the blank. But I can be led by the Holy Spirit. I can be filled by the Holy Spirit. I'm being guided by the Holy Spirit. We're not meant to, and this is not a message to go home and be lazy. Well, I just need to quit everything and just sit at home and just trust God. God calls you to work. He's got a purpose for your life that requires you to put some feet to it and some hands to it and, and, and do your part. But at the end of the day, if all you're doing is just rowing, rowing, rowing and trying to push your own car forward, that's never going to satisfy you. When you get to where you think you want to be, there will always be another I want to be. So here's where I am. And if I can just get there, and then when you get there, if I could just get there, and when you get there, if I could just get there, and all along the way you're medicating yourself because you haven't been following the leading of the Holy Spirit. You've been rowing your own boat. And you've gotten in the boat with other people who are rowing their own boat. And let's just all row together. And it's never, it'll never satisfy you. It'll never give you the result that you ultimately want. We were never intended to just push our life forward. Just push our life forward. We were intended to lean into the Holy Spirit. And allow Him to push our life forward. Allow Him to lead the way and guide the way. Um, I was I was thinking about this uh, this sailboat and raising your sails. And when you if you picture yourself if you're on you know let's say you're on the you're on the sea or you're on the whatever, and and you're in a sailboat, it doesn't mean that there are not waves. You ever seen a movie where people are on a sailboat and they're still like, you know, over here and over here? But it was almost this picture of when you're being led by the Holy Spirit. If I'm rowing, I'm just, I'm rowing and then I come up on something that I couldn't see. And because I wasn't being led by someone who could actually see, I come into something that I couldn't see and I fall or I'm tempted or I, what you fill in the blank with whatever it is. But it's almost like this picture of whenever I raise my sails and I allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to guide my life, there might still be some turns and there might still be some waves. But what if the Holy Spirit is turning and moving and going with the waves so that he can help you possibly even avoid some things that you didn't even know were coming down the line? Yeah. And because you relinquished control and you thought, well, it still looks kind of wavy. I'm not 100% sure like where all of this is going, but I'm giving up control, and I don't have to row my own boat anymore. I'm giving up control, and I've raised my sails. I'm going to let the wind of the Holy Spirit guide me 
and lead me and tell me what to do and show me to go there and provide that job and lead me into this in the right time and show me that person that he has for me to marry and show me how to raise my kids and all of this. And all along the way, there's still waves and it still becomes difficult in times. But the difference is you've got the Holy Spirit guiding you through all the things that you face in life rather than me wearing myself out with a couple of oars trying to row and push my life forward and if I could just get there someone in here while he was talking I felt like someone in here the you felt like a leading to do something and you just kept telling the Lord that makes no sense that makes no sense and he doesn't need it to make sense to you because he knows when we were first um when we were first well when we were living in McAllister Oklahoma and we went to the pastor, and we just, we just said, we feel like the Lord's just calling an end to this season. We feel like he's calling us somewhere else. And he said, well, you pray about staying and, and come on as associate pastor and eventually, like, take over the church. And we were like, okay, we'll pray about it. And when we went and prayed, we're like, we just don't feel a peace about this. We don't feel a peace about this. And it didn't make any sense because God knew what was ahead, and we didn't. Had we said yes to that, we would have been saying no to this. And I can't imagine all the things that we would have missed that the Lord would have done because we said no to something that didn't make sense. And maybe your, yours is a yes to something that you're like, this doesn't make sense to do this. If God's saying do it, then do it. Why? Some of you, you're like, somebody in here, you're like, uh, it's probably, maybe it's just me. You wouldn't be asking you to do that. Like, it doesn't make sense because the Lord's leading you. Just obey and watch what he does. Watch what he does because he wants to lead you. Last week on our mission trip, Doug, he made this statement about our routines and our habits and how they matter. Our routines and habits matter. But here's the thing. The enemy does not know. He's not all-knowing like Holy Spirit to lead and guide and direct us. But he studies our routines and habits. And some of you, you're like Gabe where you're like, the enemy knows. Put another project right in front of her and she'll be on it. And that thing that I've been asking her to do, she'll leave it alone for a little while longer. Where he's like, oh, put, put that right in front of him. It's not even a, it doesn't even have to be a bad thing. We've had good things in our life that weren't God things. That we knew, we're like, we said yes to it and we shouldn't have. We should have said no. Because not every good thing is a God thing. And we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and say yes where he says yes. And say no where he says no even when it doesn't make sense. Some of you, someone in here, you move back here and you're like, it makes no, no sense why I'm here. But it does to him because he has a plan and a purpose for your being here. For your being here. The enemy, he's not all-knowing, but he studies our routines and habits. And that's where he'll try to get us. And when we relinquish control and raise ourselves, just like John 3, 8 tells us. John 3, 8, I'm going to read it again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it is coming from and where it is going. So is everyone who has been born of the Spirit. When you're led by the Spirit, the enemy won't know where you're going. Will he try to try things at you? Absolutely. Please don't misunderstand me. You're not going to have an easy life. But we want to become believers, followers of Jesus that are unpredictable to the enemy. Oh, crud, she's at it again. She's listening to Holy Spirit. Oh, yes, I am. Yes, he is. And watch what God will do in and through you. No one knows where the wind blows, and so it is with the people, with the people born of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit can direct you. Will you stand with me? The Holy Spirit can lead you. 
The Holy Spirit can help you. The Holy Spirit can do things you cannot do on your own. The Holy Spirit wants to blow. Some of you, I was thinking about, um, this visual only came to me in first service. And I personally, I like uh, fresh air to come in the house when it's nice outside. But how many of you know the wind can be blowing outside and I don't even know it because my windows aren't open? Some of you, you're like, I've asked the Holy Spirit to just have his way in my life. And he's like, yeah, you got to raise your window. Like, be open to me. Some of you, you've been stuck in here and, and... And it was almost like I saw this visual of like you've been laying there and it's like, God, I need my heart to get better. What has to happen in heart surgery? You have to be opened up in order for improvement to come. Some of you in here, it's like, you're like, I need my heart to get better. But you're like, don't you dare touch it. It's like that childhood wound that you're like, don't touch it. Don't go there. I'm not going there. I'm going to keep myself so busy that that hurt. That I'm like, let's, let's just stay so busy that I don't even think about how I feel anymore. The busyness, it's a plot of the enemy to keep you from healing and flourishing in all that God has for you. The Spirit wants to blow, but you get to choose to open your window. The Spirit will blow, wants to blow away, blow you away from the enemy's traps. The Spirit can and wants to blow cancer out of your body. Amen. This last week at student conference, they had a, the first night, they had a, the man, he felt led to, to speak on healing. There was a boy with a boot on that came with a broken foot or ankle or something. He ripped that boot off and went running because that's the God that we serve. Come on, Jamie standing up here, 12 years of infertility doctor's report after doctor's report and people that loved them and stood and encouraged them and said keep hoping because 12 years there's not an expiration date for our God he is faithful and will do it let him blow the spirit can blow depression out of your life you know, I never want to share this story and make it about me. But even my dad reminded me about the scripture in James that when we confess our sins one to another, we will be healed. When I began to confess my struggle with depression and allow open, come on somebody, open that, I began to find healing. But it didn't come from, it came from so many moments of going, why won't the darkness leave me? when does the tormenting end and it did but I had to keep leaning in and I had to keep asking and I had to keep listening and maybe you're in here and you're like he's ignoring me he's not I believe that he weeps with us I believe he had many moments where his heart hurt for me and it's hurt for you because maybe in here you can relate to what I just shared He's not ignoring you. I don't know why his timing is different for answered prayers in people's lives. I had my 12-year-old ask me, why does God heal other people's family members and ours died and went to heaven? I don't know, but I know they received their healing and our God is faithful all the same. Come on, let the spirit blow. You have a choice to be open to him. Let him blow negativity out of your mind. Sound mind is yours. It's the wind of the Spirit. Let it blow. You can claim it as yours today. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward.
I know we have baptism, but we don't want to miss the chance to agree in prayer. Don't miss the chance that, yeah, you've come forward and you've asked it. Don't let the enemy tell you, oh, just, you've prayed. There is power in agreement. And when two or three gathered, he is in the midst. And today could be your day. I can't tell you how many times I came up here and I laid and people prayed over me. I came to people and I prayed and agreed and it wasn't the day. But I didn't keep coming because I knew where my help had to come from. Come on, don't stop asking. Don't stop believing. Let it blow open the window today. That bitterness that you're clinging to, it's not protecting you. It's hindering you. That sin that you keep running to that is satisfying. Satisfying, just like Gabe said, that, that it's not that the drinking of the alcohol, we talked about this. It's not that the drinking a little bit, that's, it, there's not a sin in that. It's that you're, you're choosing it. You're, you're making it a place of satisfaction. You're making it a place of, of, of comfort. Whatever it is that you're running into the arms of, maybe just Netflix and binge watching because it's easier to do that than it is to go to the Father and sit with Him and say, help me, heal me, make me whole. Have your way in my life. Some of you, it's like your cell's been like this and I've been here where you're like, I've asked the Lord to make me better, but this is your cell. And I've been there because I let grief, frustration, hurt, words of other people. I was like, I can't let myself out because when I did, I feel like it brought on the pain. It didn't. Whether your cell's out or your cell's in, you're going to get hurt. You're going to experience hard, but the difference when that cell's out it's in your seat, and I encourage you to take it with you today to remind you, let my cell be out always. Ready to let the Spirit move through me, to do what He says to do, to go where He says to go. I don't have to operate in fear anymore, afraid that He's going to make me do something I don't want to. He's working. Let Him work. Let Him blow. So we're going to sing this song, and as we sing this song, if you're prepared to be baptized today, then you can, um, if you need to change whatever you need to do, and then you can just head over here, and we'll be ready as soon as we wrap this song up. But we want to take a moment and have a moment of prayer and have a moment of worship together to allow the Lord to do what He wants to do. Amen. And then we're going to celebrate with, with some people that are being water baptized. So, Lord, we thank You. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for Your love. We thank You for Your grace and Your mercy. And, Lord, I ask You in this moment, to do what only you can do and to move on our hearts, Lord. Let us be people that open the windows and raise the sails to, to say, God, you can blow and you can move and you can guide and direct and lead my life. And Lord, as we sing this last song together, Lord, and we prepare to, to celebrate with those being water baptized, we just ask you in this moment to do what only you can do. And Holy Spirit, draw every person today who needs prayer for anything in their life. In Jesus' name, amen.